This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. This episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag is brought to you by FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship, and the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. You're going to want to listen into this show because you're going to have an opportunity to win up to $100,000 throughout the playoffs in the NFL. That's right, folks, up to $100,000. Find out more how you can win that money over at the FFPC that brings you high-stakes best ball, draft masters leagues, and high-stakes dynasty all season long. So again, stay tuned for the FFPC's Fantasy Football Playoff Challenge. the grill master you've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop and as you lift that first forkful to your mouth you savor the moment to get amazing offers during the mercedes-benz summer event like the 2019 c-class sedan and glc suv the perfect recipes of driving performance plus you can enjoy six months of sirius xm all access included the mercedes-benz summer event now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles offers end september 3rd mercedes-benz the best or nothing Back in, you're listening to the January 5th, 2018 Wildcard Weekend Edition of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a word of his podcast dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions. And today and this week, we have a special sponsor here coming back for the big show here, FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart, at Fantasy Gumshoe, and joining me today on the show is a contributor here at The Viz and the host of the Dino Tradecast, also here on Road of His Radio, one of my favorite listens every single week. I am excited AF, as the kids say, to welcome to the show Eric Burtzlaff at Dynasty Trades on Twitter. It is good to have you on the Mailbag Show, Eric, man. What's good? Dude, Jeremy, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, as the kids say, this is going to be lit. Lit AF. As, yeah. As, oh, lit is – yeah, of course, of course. I, I'm still trying to like come to terms with the fact that I'm – 35 almost yeah my third yeah i'm 30 going on 36 and i'm still trying to be cool and fit in with the kids and, and use all these different acronyms now there's something <laughs> wrong with that no i'm i'm with you completely it's uh 
Yeah, it's a real problem. We we probably sound like bumbling idiots. I am I am 34 myself, just turned 34, and yeah, it is it's a real struggle on a daily basis for sure. <laughs> as long as our gift game is on point, that's all that counts, right? Well, yeah, I mean, we invented the gift game. That's that's the bottom line. They're just piggybacking on top of that. This much is true. Well, we're going to be answering all the questions for the week regarding, uh, you guessed it, dynasty trades, player outlooks. Uh, I would say normally, normally we say here redraft takes, but this is wildcard weekend. Uh, so a little bit more of a playoff slant here. And of course, any uh, DFS questions that we have here as well. But before we do dive right in, Eric, uh, as the owner and creator of the ever so acclaimed dynasty trades Twitter handle, no one could possibly be as well versed in the art of dynasty trades. If you were to realistically tally up the time spent, helping others better their teams. What could you have done with all this time? Oh God. I, I mean, honestly, I, I have the world's easiest job is what I'll say is I literally <laughs> just hit the retweet button. So the amount, I mean, the amount of time I'm spending, I don't know. I could probably, I don't know, get a side job and buy a luxury SUV maybe uh, with the amount of times that I've hit the, probably the number of times I've hit the retweet button. I could, if it was, I got $1 for each, I probably could buy a luxury SUV. Yeah, and you just you you mentioned you were thirty four years old, but because you yes. mentioned luxury SUV, all that does is solidify your age. You know that. I know. I know. Well, now now that's that's my life goal. I'm I'm out of things. I'm, that's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, we, we know because we're old and we, we do a lot of dynasty trades here. You know, I feel like there should be enough core logic in Twitter now for you to be able to just, you know, auto filter retweets based on dynasty trade. Like you shouldn't even have to hit the button at this point. You, you know, I would love to do that. Uh, but there is a lot of gunk that shows up on that timeline. Um, is because <laughs> if you search dynasty trades, anything I've tweeted or with me tagged in it shows up, which is a blessing and a curse. Have you ever had your Twitter notifications say over 200 tweets if you like took a day off? Probably not. So that's um, like my a- personal email box, Eric, I, I, and I can't even keep up with it. So the, just the fact that you can keep up with that Twitter handle speaks accolades to your to your motivation. I must I'm, say, I'm not going to lie; it is getting away from me these days. It is it is a monster that I never saw it becoming. It was <laughs> I, I I I started it and I was retweeting. I don't know eight trades a day, give or take. And I thought it was fun. And then now if I wanted to, I could probably retweet hundreds of trades and, and actually probably do a day. So um, it's amazing. I mean, it's a real amazing community too. It's, it's incredible that it's like uh, that it's turned into what it has. No, it's a beautiful thing. And you know, there's going to be a few different camps out there when it comes to dynasty trades where, uh, you know, you always, there's somebody that has to get the best of the other person. Uh, there's, uh, you know, some that legit try to make two-sided trades. There's others that offer pennies for dollars. There's those that never, ever are happy with the trade. Those that, you know, they got to squeeze the last drop out of the lemonade, so on and so forth. So if you're being honest with yourself, which do you fall into and why? And is there a a bucket, if you will, that you would like to improve on? Uh, I mean, if I'm being realistic, I'm probably on the side of wanting to get the best of every deal. Um, probably my biggest flaw is just going through like average draft position and using that to dictate trades and saying, okay, like uh, Des Bryant and, and Zach Ertz are exactly the same. So if I can get icing on either side, I'll do it. But being, being com- completely value-oriented is not always the best way to do it. In that case, I, it's very possible Zach Ertz could be a second round startup or early third round startup pick. And then you have Dez falling, you know, Dez is going the other direction. So there's definitely some perspective. Um, probably, probably my, the thing I would love to improve on is taking a little bit more risk in my dynasty trades and trusting my gut a little bit more. Um, but it is something that 
if I'm being honest, it's definitely getting the best of the dynasty trades that I'm doing. You ever find yourself making a trade just to do it so you can kind of get your foot in the door and just be the person that is, you know, willing and able and friendly to work with? I, I ask that because my biggest flaw is not being able to get deals done. It's not necessarily that I'm not able to get deals done, is that a lot of the deals that come my way seemingly don't, at least from my vantage point, help what what I'm going for, right? Like, for instance, I can get a trade for, uh, you know, a couple IDP player or, or picks that are going to fall in the IDP range, right? And, and but I clearly need a, a skill position player on this team. Right. So it's like, it, if it's not going to help me gain an edge, then why do it? It's like, I want to go out there and be the person to trade with, but... Uh, it seems like more often than not, I'm getting deals that, you know, realistically, if somebody was looking at my roster and I, I say, hey, th- this just isn't what I'm looking for. Here's what I'm looking for. I don't think we have uh, a, a good fit here. Y- you should walk, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, that's that's something that newer Dynasty players feel pressured when they're in a negotiation to finally say yes to something. Or even worse, if they start going a direction because they don't want – like say they start discussing a direction trade-wise, that they're not necessarily 100% comfortable and they – you know, the guy suddenly throws on a second and – in theory, you would said via your previous email that if you threw if the guy threw on something that you would do the deal. I mean, I, what I'd say is if you're uncomfortable with the deal, feel free to walk away at a point, and it might frustrate your other owner. But if, especially if you're new to Dynasty, the trades you don't make tend to be many times better than the trades you do make. You know, if you, I can tell you for one, if you traded away Todd Gurley this off season like I did Oops. in the league, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not very happy about that. So. Uh, you got to listen to the Dynasty Tradecast. That's we were we were all over Gordon. <laughs> you know what's crazy too? And I oh gosh, you look at my Twitter oh, feed. Girly. Yeah, yeah. I was all about the comeback for the Rams, and and somehow I let slip that you know Gurley is going to be literally the catalyst in making that happen. Not Golf. Like I thought Golf was going to be fine. I thought the the passing game was going to be top fifteen. I yeah. didn't think they were going to make the playoffs, and I didn't see this coming from Gurley. So you didn't think they'd hang up thirty five a game, and Golf would look incredible. <laughs> no. <laughs> Even I didn't think that, and I was expecting a comeback. What are you? What are you gonna do? Can't. I mean, there, well, there is right. there is something to be said about removing Jeff Fisher from anything. Uh, <laughs> Moving from the pool, the pool gets nicer. Removing from organization, it really, you name it, Jeff Fisher being gone really, uh, really improves any situation, and the Rams are no exception to that. Well, we're listening to Eric Birchloff here kicking off the road of his radio mailbag episode here. And we're not going to steal too much shine because, of course, everybody who's listening to the show should be listening to the Dino Tradecast every week here uh, because you're going to be pumping hard uh, through the off season here. Um, but, you know, it, it is the tipping point of the Dynasty season. It is literally just starting here. So walk us through your off season prep from this point forth. Yeah, I mean, the offseason prep now is really focusing on starting to look at the the rookie class because you've got guys declaring now. Um, so it's really going to be just figuring out what this nef- next draft class looks like. And there's there's always waves. This is the season. This is the time of year to buy veterans is what I always say. Um, and so this is the time of year where we're assessing your teams, figuring out what chances you feel like you have and trying to buy any veterans on teams. Uh, now's the cheapest you're going to be able to do. Um, I would generally advise against buying picks at this time of year. Um, and uh, a lot of players get really excited um, if they traded off their picks, especially uh, that they're like, well, I'm going to miss the draft and start making uh, poor decisions with their draft. So uh, there's there's a ton of fun right now in Dynasty, and, and we'll, we'll definitely be covering it all season on the Tradecast. But, um, you know, free agency is a really exciting part. So it's it's really just prepping for 
prepping for what's coming down the line here and and who these next rookies are because everybody knows Saquon Barkley but we we don't really know what's beyond that um, if you're just a casual fan. As you're uh, watching the wild card weekend here or the playoffs in general are there any specific dynasty uh, uh, storylines that you're looking to follow here? I mean, is Marcus Mariota terrible comes to mind as being a <laughs> being a solid one. Um, you know, maybe the usage of Henry comes to mind on that on that team. Uh, the Chiefs is is would be kind of Alex Smith. I'll just go through the teams one by one. I'll say the Chiefs, Alex Smith. Um, is Mahomes gonna gonna unseat him? I would think so. Uh, so that's a guy to keep on your radar and uh, to expect Alex Smith to hit free agency. Um, yeah, Falcons. I'm not sure. I have a ton of interest in. I guess Tevin Coleman or, or Devonta Freeman are two players that we can keep an eye on. Uh, but nothing really that interesting there. The Rams as an explosive offense altogether are super interesting to watch. So um, let's see. That would be the the uh, the first two. Let's see what else. I I really committed to all all teams now. So I've, I'm all in. Um, Bills. I guess I, I guess there's there's not a whole lot of intriguing storylines there. Um, Jags is Blake Bortles the guy comes to mind. Uh, I think he's probably going to be the case, but also you know the rookie receivers, D.D. Westbrook, who who shows up there uh, is is Keelan Cole a thing? Uh, Panthers. Now I'm just now I'm just shooting from the hip here, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean the Panthers. I guess Devin Funches comes to mind, but he might not even play this one. Um, and the Saints is can Drew Brees continue to do this? And uh, and you know can Michael Thomas's value skyrocket any higher? Oh, and Alvin Kamara for that example. Yeah, I, I what's awesome here, I, I think if you literally just wrote like 20 different articles, like the titles of articles coming up on the site here, and, <laughs> and I think the biggest one is the one you, you hit the nail on the head here is, is Marcus Mariota bad? I think that's the one that we're all intrigued about. And I think, ah, geez, I mean, it, it, you know, we all expected regression there. Uh, you know, I know somebody's going to be diving into this on the site here. I personally think, you know, it, it's going to turn around just, uh, uh, it's supposed to be a highly efficient offense and low volume. That's just a recipe for disaster. When you know you, yep. you, your rookie wide receivers are injured or can't play yet, and your geez, your other guys are hobbled or old, and I think you know we, we should expect some bounce back there. But I mean, some some of these articles, Eric, everybody's going to be able to take a look at the site, uh, and if they do that, do so right now, we are offering that thirty percent discount to the Road of His NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage at roadofhis.com slash podcast. That subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content, all the rookie analysis, all of the content that's going to be dropped here in the near future, and it also supports that pod. And if you support the pod and subscribe to and rate the road of his radio on itunes uh it's going to mean a lot it takes hard work getting the show out every week do us a solid hit the rate button and of course if you have any qqs you want answered through the fantasy playoffs here hit us up at road of his radio at gmail.com and we'll go ahead and get those answered for you as well all right uh, uh eric let's dive into some of the qqs for this week here uh here we go the first one on the docket here is dfs is it too cute to fade Gurley in a gpp this weekend and what about leonard fournette well, let me first say DFS, I played for a couple of years and I don't think I ever proved good enough. Coming from a professional poker background, I thought I would be insane at it and it's never really caught on. So take that for what it will. Uh, Gurley to me seems like it seems like you want to have two two sets of lineups this week. It's going to be the lineups that you have Gurley in and the lineups that you fade Gurley in. Uh, because if he goes off for another 50, he's going to be every single lineup. But uh, the playoffs, as I recall from DFS, very much are you almost have to hit it perfect. So uh, I don't I don't think Gurley's too cute to fade. Um, 
I, but I, but I also see really the merits of like trying to hit the perfect ball um, mm-hmm. and have Gurley there. It, it's, it's that's a, that's a really good question. I'd be curious on your thoughts to it. Yeah, it's it's a theory play, right? I mean, anytime a player is going to be upwards of 50 to 60% owned in anything in a GPP, I mean, just in theory alone, as the GPP uh, sharks would say, that, that merits fade consideration in and of itself. You know, I'm more of a cash game guy, so you give me a play like Todd Gurley, I say, okay, the field's going to be 55%, then I'm going to be 100%, and that's the stance I'm going to take. Um, but, I, you know, it, it, there's no right or wrong answer here. I will say that it's, it is... 100% realistic to not expect Todd Gurley to continue to put up 30 to 40 point games, especially in the playoffs, what? right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? He's not going to continue to put up 45 every week? <laughs> so I, I just, just a thought, just a thought there, right? But here's, here's the funny thing. I don't want to make that bet right now, which is crazy, you know? So, oh gosh, you the smart play would be to fade Gurley here. And, and, and Leonard Fournette is just because of the price, uh, concession there. I, I would say he's, Probably going to be the chalkiest guy on on the slate. This even above Gurley because of the price concession there. So I, I think if you are fading Gurley, go ahead and pair Fournette and just eat the chalk there and pair him with Hunt and and see what you got there. Um, Dynasty, where would you put Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon in comparison to the 2018 rookie picks right now? Um, I would have Dalvin Cook at, at 102 probably. Uh, I think it's really tough to make an argument otherwise. Um, Barkley is the Ezekiel Elliott of this upcoming class, the, the, I mean, there's, there's polls that come across my timeline. That's like 17 firsts or, uh, or Barkley firstborn child or Barkley. And granted, those are all jokes, but that's kind of just indicative of where <laughs> that value is. So saying he's the one, I mean, Cook has been in the league, proved that he can do it, got injured at an unfortunate time. But I, I think Cook has proved that he's can be productive in the NFL. Um, after all those concerns about his, uh, about his combine, that very quickly evaporated, kind of an incredible feat there. Uh, so Cook, I think, is very easily the 102. I don't think anybody's above him. Uh, Mixon feels more like a mid-first to me. I, I don't know what to make of Mixon. Um, I know that I'm, I'm enraged that, uh, that, that Marvin Lewis is back in Cincy, and I, <laughs> I, assume, I assume that's bad for Mixon, because uh, there really wasn't that much production. But I, I, you know, for as much as I loved Mixon coming in, I just did not see the flash this year. So probably the consensus would be the 102 to 104 uh, in 2018 picks, but uh, I'm probably putting him lower than that. And and I'm kind of worried about Mixon if I, in the places that I do have him. This is just the good old boy club bringing back Marvin Lewis. I mean, you got to be flipping kidding me here. Just ridiculous. I, I, I will I threw say, my phone at a couch, by the way. I'm a Bengals oh fan, so I threw my phone at a couch. <laughs> what I will say is I think it's a time to buy Joe Mixon right now. It's a perfect time to get a volume guy that hasn't looked very uh, voluminous and and to like you know to to what you just said here. He, he didn't seem to have that spark there. And 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 I know I'm going on a stretch here, but we can relate that somewhat to the Jeff Fisher led. Uh, Todd Gurley here of last season where it just seemed like, I don't want to say he looked done, you know, someone as far as ridiculously saying Trent Richardson 2.0. Um, but I, I mean, mean, yeah, that's a bit much. I mean, just a tad, that? just a tad, that's but a bit crazy. Oh, geez. But I mean, Joe Mixon, you know, same thing. The offensive line was just putrid. Uh, you know, nobody's happy there. So, I mean, this is, this is the type of situation where if the offensive line gets a little bit better, the wide receivers get a little bit more involved, you know, it can only go up from here. 
uh, Mixon not getting hurt, you know, that not that, the, 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 the Bengals not spending uh, ridiculous time behind Jeremy Hill being the volume guy for some stupid reason. So yeah. I I think Joe Mixon, go ahead and buy him. I think it's going to get get brighter here. Um, well, I, I think you did hit. I'll I'll. I'll... I'll top I'll top that off real quick because I think I think you do make a very good point about him being a volume play and they have so much draft capital invested in Mixon and the second round pick that they took him with that they're gonna ride they're gonna ride what they've got for a couple of years probably until uh, Lewis's contract goes up so uh, you'll have a vol- you'll have a very high volume guy for two years probably if Mixon's the, the case and that's really all you can ask for in dynasty with a running back. Well, the next question also deals with volume here. Another dynasty one. A couple guys. Uh, this this uh, player has rostered is wondering if he should hold or sell Alex Collins or uh, Jamal Williams. Yeah, this is a this is a common question. I've actually seen this a decent bit. Uh, Alex Collins uh, seems to me like a sell. Um, he's looked great, but he's the guy who seems like his value is just going to plummet um, if the Ravens do go a different direction with him. Um, you know, a la, I don't know, like a. Jeremy Langford's not a perfect example, but something similar like that. A guy who just had opportunity and and time and the share of the the work that uh, got it done. So Collins is not a guy that I would be trying to hold. And and if I could get out from under him for a second or third round pick, early third, late second, I would be totally happy with that. Um, because I just I think you'll be looking back two years from now thinking who Alex Collins who who is that guy? But he is he is young and has. A little bit of upside, but I just don't see it there. And and Jamal Williams, I think, is kind of the same thing. It's like a total uncertainty situation um, where I would want a little bit more for Williams. The draft capital you spent to actually get Williams is probably more like a second-round pick. Um, So if you're able to get a second-round pick, or better yet, if somebody's only looking at like week 14 through 16, uh, if you're able to get a little bit more, that would be – uh, that would be something. So yeah, I'd, I'd take a second for Williams or a late, late or a early third for Collins and to a late second for him. Good stuff there. All right, Eric, what's been your biggest tilt so far this season, whether season long dynasty, real football, you name it. Uh, getting booted from all of my, well, okay. Let, let me, let me say Marvin Lewis, very tilting, getting the news <laughs> there, just insanely tilting. Uh, but I would say Todd Gurley, just never even giving me a chance to win my championships. I mean, I played him in every single one of them. All three just got, just blasted out of the playoffs. So, uh, it wasn't even close. One guy put up 200 points on me in the league. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I had Todd Gurley going in a championship game and I lost. That's that would be even more tilting for you. It, it's it's ridiculous. How do you have how do you have Todd Gurley on your fantasy championship team and lose? Only I could figure out how to manage that. Now, great, I had Gurley, I had Hyde. It seemed like I was going good, but you know it was right around the time where I lost. You know DeAndre Hopkins, uh, he, he was still fine, right? But then I lost Devonte Adams. You know, uh, Alshon mm. Jeffrey gave me a big fat goose egg for Christmas. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. <laughs> and and that was it. I, I lost by like three or four points, and the other dude had everyone else that went off. You know, uh, Kareem Hunt, Kamara, uh, Melvin Gordon, Dion Lewis. That's a that's a good question. I don't I don't think he had Dion. I think he had the other top echelon type of running backs, like just three or four of them. That you know he. <laughs> He should have been the favorite going into that. Like it was already an outlier by Gurley, but yeah, I I figured out how to lose that one. So thanks, all Sean. Um, all right, so so is your biggest tilt Todd Gurley too? Are we both Todd Gurley? We're just sharing it from different perspectives. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Well, I wish I could have beaten a Todd Gurley team in the in the championship game there. 
Oh, jeez. Thanks, Antonio. (laughs) Uh, Next one is Dynasty. Now, this is an interesting one here. I want to get your thoughts on this. So this is Juju Smith-Schuster in a 2018 1.3 or Antonio Brown. Uh, This is still, for me, Antonio Brown. Um, And and it's been said before, but Antonio Brown, to me, everybody's hyping up his age way too much. He's 29. I think he's going on 30 this season. He's the type of player with the type of build and the type of routes – route running ability that can play into his mid thirties to potentially late thirties. Uh, I'm not going to compare him to like a Jerry Rice playing till he's 40 or damn near close to 40, but that's the type of player that he potentially could be. He's not, he's not a speed guy. He's not a big guy. He's just, he's just an insanely, he's just insanely quick and knows routes inside and out. Um, so, you know, for me, it's Antonio hands down. I don't even think this is very close. Um, Smith Schuster is a fantastic prospect. The 103 is a fantastic pick, but Antonio Brown in my eyes is worth three to four first round picks, probably three and a half first round picks and deserves at least consideration for the overall 101 in dynasty. Yeah, I'm with you here. It's still Brown. I mean, where would you put Juju top five as a rookie pick, right? One, one, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, going in, going into 2018, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, like Juju versus 1.5, you'd still take Juju, right? I would, yeah. I would take Juju probably until the 103. See, now, and this is why I say it's interesting because then you brought up the age, right? So he'll be 30 in July, and, and you're right. It, it, it seems like Antonio Brown is going to be the, the, the type of receiver that's going to age well. And Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, he's got the profile. He looks like Antonio Brown, uh, plays like DeAndre Hopkins. They, they're all right in that kind of profile, and he's 21. So let's just say, hypothetically, Benrod, you know, I mean, he's, he's signed till through 2020 here um but maybe he retires maybe he's a little bit oh gosh like it, it is the correct answer is antonio brown but there is a range of outcomes where the shoe shoe drops a little bit on ab ben rot um you know maybe doesn't come back or isn't the same type of player gets injured for a, for a season and the next guy up or whoever somebody comes in maybe pittsburgh decides you know what we're gonna start giving juju some of these routes too so i i mean uh, it, it's still a B, but I think it's I think it's closer just based on the range of outcomes. And well, and the only reason I think what I'm getting at is if I could, if I'm if I'm the A B owner and I can get one more late first, would that would that tip the scale for you? Not for me. Um, I would need I would need an early another early first to probably tip the scale. But it's I don't know. I guess you're, I guess you're probably right. She was. The Smith Schuster's probably worth a first and a half at this point, uh, probably an early first himself. So, um, there, th- it's probably not as far off as I'm making it, but my, my opinion of Brown is very, very high. So as it should uh, be. Yeah. As um, and I mean, and I, I just don't buy into the fact that he's going to win you championships for the next three, four years. Uh, I just don't buy into that idea of selling him where Smith, Smith Schuster is a bit more of a question mark, but I agree being super young, showing a ton of talent, being a ton of fun to watch. There's something to be stated about that. Uh, being on your dynasty team for the next 10 ish years, um, having somebody that you really enjoy. But also, I think you, one thing that's worth pointing out is this Pittsburgh offense might not necessarily stay as prolific as it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might bring Smith Schuster down to that uh, late wide receiver two, early wide receiver three in a year, two years, three years, whenever that shifts away from that. So I don't think it's a lock that this I, I actually think it's a, a near certainty that this this offense does not stay as prolific as it is right now. Good points indeed. All right, Eric, we know Marvin Lewis is not your favorite person right now. What's been your favorite fantasy football memory ever? Man, fav- probably my first championship. It was 
like it was in college and just getting to parade around with a trophy in front of my in, in my frat house with all my friends was it was it was pretty sweet um and just that old school yahoo thing probably second would be <laughs> getting getting my, i was in I, I started my job for the very first like it was like second week of my new job um and the boss comes like the big big boss comes around and asks if anybody wants to play in his he's got one spot in his high stakes fantasy league and I, i'm i have done one fantasy league for like three years prior to that and i was and of course i'd like raise my hand i'm like yeah sure i'll do it like not knowing anybody <laughs> being super nervous and i roll over to this house and i draft uh I think I drafted Randy Moss first and then Tom Brady. And it was, it had just so happened to be that year that they both exploded, uh, and basically took down this high stakes league without making one waiver wire move, by the way. I was so terrified because the cost of one waiver wire move was $2 that I was so <laughs> terrified of making that move that I, uh, that I, I didn't even make one and I ended up still stampeding the league with my draft, um, and, wow. and won that one too. So that, that's probably a close second to the first championship. That is how you boss hog the draft. Not even making any moves, and you still take down everything. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a bit lucky for sure. But I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I was, I, I'm pretty sure it was not optimal to draft Randy Moss first over, like first overall, and then Brady coming back around. But I, I guess I had a, I had a, an ignorant feeling. Well, the next question we have here is about league ma- management here. It's, 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 this is an interesting one, I'll say. So here it is. I, I run a league and I've been dealing with an, an off-season quandary. There's an owner that is probably the most active owner in the league, but his conduct is borderline detrimental to the league. He continues to piss off league mates, whether it's via trade converse, uh, conversations or shit-talking or, or snark. Uh, I've had a couple conversations with him, and he said he'll tone it down, but his actions say otherwise. What's your typical guideline for league conduct? When do you say enough is enough? Yeah, this is I, I commish I commish probably five I think five or six leagues. Um and this is a really, really tough one. Um that there are times and especially if he's an I mean if he's not active, this is easy. This is get rid of him because he's an inactive owner. But this basically falls into the discretion of the commissioner. He's not breaking any particular rule um, other than being abrasive and removing the fun. And I don't know if that's written in your bylaws or not, but it is it is the it is up. That is the discretion of the commissioner to make a decision as to what is best for the league. Um, so in my eyes, if you feel like what's best for the league is replacing the owner and he's creating issues, it's it's a lot more painful in your head as a commissioner to to do that. Um, but ripping the bandaid off many times is not as painful as you think. You might get chewed out in an email or get a really dude text message. Um, but there's there is something to be said about enjoying the league and especially if you're going to be losing other league mates who are more enjoyable uh, maybe less active but kinder nicer people that you enjoy being around um you don't want to risk losing them because you have an abrasive owner who's pushing out good owners by his uh by his ridiculous activity yeah it it is tough there's a difference between smack talking and and just pissing people off, you know what totally. I mean? So yeah, you you can you can add in your bylaws and maybe keep it general and, and put in there, you know, bylaw number, you know, seven, whatever. Don't be a dick, right? Like I feel like that's a given, but you know, better easier said than done. And and, and what's the, the challenge is we shouldn't be up here saying, well, it's okay as long as you're active. And that's not what we're saying. It's it's tough when you have an active person and you know other people bring it to you. And, and yeah, I. 
I think so long as you can keep the league happy, and and I think he's got one more shot. He's got one more shot at this. Now he he has officially used any principle based decision making um, strikes. You know, you've already gone through that. You're officially past the two strikes and your third third one. You're out. This is basically a make or break. So at this point, one more occurrence of this, I think he he's got to go. Yeah, and, and I would I would actually go as far as to letting the rest of the league know that that's the case too. Um, is just not to raise the flags to. I mean, not to have like the owners pissed off that this guy's back in the league again. Um, after he just chewed him out for not wanting to make a trade offer or like just sending garbage trade offers, whatever. Um, where I think letting them know that this is like that there's disciplinary action occurring, I think is something that could could help save face as the commissioner. Because one thing that you don't want to come off as commissioner is just being a softy who, you know, let, lets people tr- trample all over him. Yeah, right. All right, good stuff here. Next one, also Dynasty. What's up, Shu? Can you offer up a couple names I should target that are deep enough that I can buy them on the cheap, but not cheap enough that I'll end up cutting them on draft day? Oh, Lord. All right, I'll let you go first on this one, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compile my, my list of sleepers here. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say basically anyone named Taylor right now. Trent Taylor, Taiwan Taylor. I think those are cheap enough guys that you can that you can roster and and keep on, you know, say twenty five. Typically a lot of the dynasty leagues that are listening to this one are not like the the fourteen deep at that BC. Uh so I think Trent and Taiwan Taylor, uh another cheap one that I'm still intrigued by. He's out there on the waivers pretty much in, in a lot of these leagues is uh Tyler Boyd. I think the situation once it does turn around and since he uh you know LaFell can't hang on forever there AJ getting a little bit older I think Tyler Boyd is going to be a productive wide receiver it just ha- simply hasn't happened yet uh I think you know uh, Will Fuller I don't know if he necessarily fits the profile for this one I think he's a little bit more expensive than what this questionnaire is asking but you know he's somebody that I think you can get on the cheap here uh just given his kind of fallout from that offense right now I don't think Devonte Parker is done either. I know it's very common to, to hate him, but you know, just been a, a lot of unfortunate events that have happened there. Uh, those, those I guess would be mine. Um, you know, I think somebody else like Cameron Meredith, who's a forgotten name. Yeah. Um, you know, that's someone to keep in the crosshairs there. That's that's what I got. Yeah. Um, I think I think I think Cameron Meredith is a really really smart pick. Um, Keelan Cole, who I mentioned earlier, is another player who people assume his role is going to go away with Marquise Lee coming back, but that's a player who could who might have proven enough. And and granted, you might end up dropping him week four, or week five, but you won't drop him in the off season. Is the type of player that could prove to have interesting dynasty value. Um, just trying to think off the top of my head, some others here. Man, you had you had those fully prepped, huh? No, yeah, I knew I knew the Taylors and I knew Boyd. Those were the three yeah. that 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 came to mind there. I I just Trent Taylor, right? I mean, he's the he's the type of guy yeah. that you know I I hate using the the stereotypical comp, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but you know, just just that offense in general, like you you want a piece of that offense, and and when you get a piece of that offense, I try to try to get you know I'm cheap, right? I'm just inherently right. cheap, so I go after the cheap players and good offenses. Yeah, another player that comes to mind that 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 I was just thinking of is Joe Williams, the running back, uh, backup running back right now for the 49ers, who had a lot of buzz in the offseason this season. Um, he's the type of player who people are, are starting to sour on um, if they held on to him. So he's a guy who might be able to get cheap, um, and he's the type of player who you could could use down the stretch, could Good turn stuff. into the starting running back. 
Very true. Very true. All right. So the next one is the Fuck, Mary Kill here, Eric. And this one is the Uncle John's Bathroom Reader Edition, one of my favorite books of all time. Um, <laughs> so here we go. We've got John Elway, John Dorsey, and John Lynch. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess I'll marry John Elway because he seems to be doing a fantastic job. Um, and he's, I don't know, he's handsome enough, I guess. Um, John Lynch. <laughs> he gets by. Yeah, John Lynch. I'd probably, I'd probably do. That'd be fine. I'd be okay with that. I see that that seems to be going the correct direction. I mean, that Jimmy G, Jimmy G situation was great on the 49ers. and then, uh, yeah, I guess I'll kill the kill the Browns GM. That's fine. <laughs> just by default, there. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, just that was not even a question. By the way, they just murder him now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And John Lynch. I mean, I let's be real. I think the guy got pretty lucky here this off season or <laughs> in season, I should say. Oh, gosh. But isn't that half the battle? I mean, I feel like you're just taking shots in the dark and you pray you get Aaron Rodgers. True. Mike McCarthy has a job forever because of Aaron Rodgers, and he's terrible. <laughs> he's the worst. He should have been in. He should have been the headliner for this question, if, if we're being honest. Yeah, but he's not. I mean, unfortunately, he's not a John, so it wouldn't have worked. True. Well, he belongs in the John. We can say that. I'm on board. Our friends at the FFPC have the longest-running and most unique playoff contest in the fantasy football universe, the FFPC Playoff Challenge. It's $200 to enter with a $100,000 grand prize and a $600,000 total prize pool paying down to 550th place. With no salary cap and no draft to worry about, simply choose 10 players to make up your team's roster. But there's a catch. You're only allowed to use one player from each NFL team. That means if you choose Tom Brady as your quarterback, you may not have any other Patriots on your roster. This will be your roster for the duration of the entire playoffs, including the Super Bowl. There will not be any changes, substitutions, or free agent pickups once rosters are locked. As NFL teams get knocked out so will your players so choose your team wisely the contest is capped at 3500 total entries and it will sell out as it does every single year folks registrations will close on saturday this saturday january 6th at 4 30 p.m eastern time so do not wait folks go to myffpc.com and get your team now that's myffpc.com get your team and end your season with a bang this contest again is capped at 3500 entries folks and it is on the verge of selling out registrations are closing again this saturday january 6th at 4 30 p.m eastern time or when the contest sells out so again don't wait myffpc.com get your team now that's myffpc.com and get your team and your season out with a bang Next one here we have uh, playoffs. I'm trying my hand at the uh, playoff challenge over at the FFPC. I'm wondering how I should approach this differently than a similar format I'm doing with friends and family that only has 20 or so people. I know I don't want to get cute, but I know I need to leverage off popular situations that could potentially fail. Am I overthinking this? If not, which situation do you think might be a popular pick that could fail? Um, I mean, I think that the 
I, I do think you have to go contrarian a bit in these larger GPP contests, which is kind of what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to me, I think we talked about it earlier, but a contrarian pick in uh, in Todd Gurley, I think, is potentially one that could pay dividends if the Rams suddenly get busted out by the Falcons in this playoff in the playoffs here, and uh, and that's a player that maybe you fade in that situation. Yeah, boy. I mean, yeah, you're right. A contest like this, I mean. Who isn't gonna Who isn't gonna roster Todd Gurley here? Everyone's gonna have right. Todd Gurley. So yeah, it's a two hundred dollar contest here. Oh boy, that's tough. Like, do you just eat the chalk there and move on? Like, I'm gonna. Uh. Oh, gosh, I, I I still think it's 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 behooving to not bet the Rams to go all the way. I get that. Another tactic you can do is not necessarily bet against a team like the Patriots making it to the big game, but you can take a different piece, right? So like I know in this contest, you're only allowed one player on that team. And generally speaking, okay, you look at the Patriots, everybody's going to roster Tom Brady or everybody's going to roster Gronk. Maybe you take Deion Lewis and, and hope he's the guy that just so happens to have all the production inside the five-yard line through the duration of the playoffs. Like, it's not optimal by any way, shape, or form, but it's, it's a theory play. So, I mean, you could take more of a leverage type of situation than just completely rooting on a situation to fail. Um, but, I mean, another good exercise as you go through these teams and, you know, create your narrative. If this team beats that team and then this team beats that team, these other two teams play. So you can kind of go down that path and try to kind of build the roadmap of the playoffs and, and maybe where that gets you is uh, – somewhere different than where other people are going and you could also take a straw man hack job version of trying to come up with ownership projections just based on what you would assume to be uh, fantasy production throughout the playoffs and then simply take a couple guys that are lower owned that way i don't know i feel like i'm just grasping at the hit at the straws here but yeah, I mean, and but I mean, again, you, you do, we do bring up a, he, the, the the writer brings up a good point here. The listener does, where where he doesn't want to get too cute. Um, where going contrarian, it's very easy to suddenly pick all the dogs to win and go go super crazy. That's not how being contrarian works. So um, you don't need to ha- you don't need to pick some crazy scenario, but you do need some unique discrepancies, such as a Dion Lewis instead of a Tom Brady or a Jared Goff instead of a Todd Gurley, something like that. Just don't go take LaShawn McCoy. Like, don't do that. <laughs> what? Why? Why wouldn't he take LaShawn McCoy? I mean, well, if you, you go ahead and take LaShawn McCoy if you want the points for week one. But, I mean, <laughs> you're only getting one week points. I mean, I, I guess they can pull. All right. There's always a wild card team that pulls off the upset. But, I mean, geez, uh, what are they like? One the, the their point differential like it was just awful coming into the season right like they just they don't belong to be there. I mean I I can't disagree and they tried their hardest not to make it there too. So <laughs> really I'll, I'll give I mean that Nathan Peterman game I mean it sh- they shouldn't be in there. Uh, but uh, yeah I mean I guess that's I guess that's a valid point. So I, I I can't I can't disagree that the Jacks should be a heavy heavy favorite here, not having the book in front of me. <laughs> Yeah, I think they were eight and a half last time I looked. Maybe that's back down to eight. I'll have to look. That's at that pretty again. good for playoff football. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, DFS, who are you using at tight end this week? It looks pretty ugly. Uh, who are who are the good tight end plays this week? Yeah, again, not being a not being a DFS guy. Uh, 
low percentage players. I mean, Delaney Walker comes to mind as somebody who's everybody's going to be very low on. Uh, what about like Charles Clay going back to the game that we were at? Um, looking at things, uh, I, th- those two kind of pop off the page to me. Maybe even an Austin Hooper, uh, but that's a really risk reward play. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, the challenge here, of course, you want to play Kelsey, but I don't know how you can play Kelsey because you gotta you gotta go up at running back, and when you go up at running back, you just don't have the stinking salary left to pay for Kelsey because you still need to put somebody in your wide receiver positions. It's a really challenge uh, building a roster this week that you you really feel good about paying up a tight end. So you, you're right; it's either Walker or Clay. I feel like you're just playing the volume play with Clay, and I think Hooper does. Definitely definitely come to mind or if you're saying you know what I can't take Kelsey anyhow and I know the field is going to be lower on Kelsey because he's so hard to get to therefore majority of my opponents are not going to have Kelsey and I'm I'm not really fighting an uphill battle on the eight uh, six to eight points that Clay and Walker are going to put up, so I'm just going to go ahead and punt away tight end, go with Hooper, and that way I can pay up to get another wide receiver at uh, yeah. you know that I, I absolutely viable. I, I think that's sound and, strategy. And- and Hooper could be Hooper's that type of player where if you're playing up from six to eight points, he's the type of player who who's shown the ability to put fifteen to twenty on the board if the if the situation proves right for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I'm with you there, 100. percent All right, Erica, your most embarrassing moment you dare to share? Um, I re- I'm really I really was debating this one because um, I read it and I was like, <laughs> that is a that is a bold question. Um, bold cotton. I'll Sorry. just I'll just go with overall embarrassing thing about me. Um, I am a huge nerd and play way too much of Hearthstone, the card game, the digital card game, which is like basically digital Magic the Gathering is like my I, I would be embarrassed if most people knew that. Now that now your whole listening audience knows it. Now, yeah, now now RV Nation. I mean, it's it's a part of it now. But what I feel no, I feel pretty bad, though. Like I've heard of Magic the Gathering. I think that's pretty cool. What Hearthstone? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a blizzard. It's a blizzard card game that you collect digitally. So I play a digital collectible card game where you pay a lot of money to collect cards. So, um, you know, it's generally I think pigeonholed for like the age 13 to 16 crowd. And here I am at 34 loving the crap out of it. Well, I mean, so Nate plays that with you too, right? <laughs> well, yeah, no, he's in the sixteen, the thirteen to sixteen age group, so that's that's it's totally acceptable for him to do it. We're yeah, we're in the right demographic here, so we're we're on to something. I think I'll ha- I'll I'll try my hand at it. You know, I mean, there yeah. are worse hobbies. I can tell you that right now. There are, there are less expensive ones too. It's free to play my <laughs> my ass is what it is. It's free to play my ass. All right. Well, you know, it's a more expensive hobby is leaving leaving your iPhone. Uh, unprotected and letting your kids play the in, the games with in-app purchasing. Oh God, I can't even. Fa- I, I, that's a future me problem right there. It, and I'm telling you right now, it is a problem. And you're not going to hold your. You, you're not going to claim fraud against your kids. I'll tell you that right now. So the charge yeah. is going to stick. Yeah. So, oh, uh, well, here I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story about a kid in a free-to-play app. Is so I I was on a plane ride back to Denver. Uh, for, we traveled back east <laughs> for Christmas on a plane ride back to Denver, and we're on the plane. Um, like we're up in the air, and this kid keeps bringing out his iPhone and trying to open Clash of Clans, which can only it's it's only an online game. He probably opened Clash of Clans, the client, just out of habit. 
25 <laughs> times on the plane, 25, 30 times on the plane. And, and it just, she just continued to load and quickly realized, Oh, I can't, I can't get into it. But that is the addiction of those free to play games right there. <laughs> oh, it's, it's absolutely true. Gotta, gotta get the timer out for the kids on that one. A hundred percent. Uh, next one, Eric Dynasty, which offense do you think underperformed or can be a dark horse for next season to get cheap dynasty assets? Yeah, I think we kind of talked about it. Um, I think we talked about two of them actually that come to mind. Uh, Titans are are one that mm-hmm. seems seems like there's some positive regression in their future. Um, that or they're in big trouble because we were looking at this team going into this season, saying they're going to be a juggernaut, they're going to be incredible, and they just have looked sluggish and slow. Um, and then the other that we talked about was the Bengals. Um, that's a pl- that's an offense that just hasn't looked hasn't looked great. I think they scored zero points for the first two games. Actually, I know they scored zero points for the first two games. Um, that those are two, those are two teams that have, have drastically underperformed and those assets, the AJ Greens, the Joe Mixons, the, even the Andy Dalton, if you're in a super flex league is the type of, type of play that could be a very cheap buy that gets you some high upside. Yeah, and it, I think it's like a rule of thumb because of all the variance that's that is in the NFL inherently. Any team that underperformed this year, Go target their assets, who, whomever they are, unless somehow, some way, I mean, they're just going to stay down there, right? Like, like, let's yeah, take Indian. Not the Browns. Yeah, <laughs> Indian. The Browns are a good one, I would say. I mean, yeah, gosh. I, actually, I isolated them for eight wins this season, so I'm an idiot. No, you are not, because they had all the personnel on the team to do it. Their their coaches are just a bunch of jackals. But <laughs> sorry, um, but right. but Indianapolis as well. Like only based on one simple thing pace of play. They were so slow under Chuck Pagano that whomever comes in to coach the Colts next year, they're going to bring positive regression just because they're going to get more snaps off. That alone is going to take their assets and make them more valuable. Simple I mean, as you that. Can, you can kind of you can kind of target all of these like old boy footballs. Uh, I mean, even like the Chicago Bears come to mind as I I'm not sure if John Fox is can yet, but he no, should. Oh, he is. I'm a Bears guy. He is he's out. He's out. Excellent. All right. I'm I'm I I missed the memo over the holidays, but yes, that's <laughs> that's that that literally could be a resurgence of the Rams. Is Jeff or John John Fox is so bad and he's such an old-time football guy that that's a that's that's a guy that you could target, and and maybe a guy you could target there is Kevin White. If you want to do a super low, and if you want to do a cheap buy that you could keep on your roster and see how that pans out. Yeah, you've got him. I've got Tariq Cohen. Get him on your teams. I mean, just the way the NFL plays out, why he didn't hit the field as much as he should have under John friggin' Fox. Um, yeah, he's go- just a rookie. John Fox doesn't want to play him, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Got to get Benny Cunningham in the game, right? Yeah, you got, I mean, he's just such a such a lightning rod on the field that Benny Cunningham. <laughs> time or B or B Cun, as I call him. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, BC is definitely what we should call John Fox. <laughs> yep. He's gone. He Ding gone. Dong. He He's gone. <laughs> All right, Eric. What is uh? What's your worst job you ever had? Oh, worst job is definitely working at American Eagle in high school. Um, I thought I was going to be the coolest. Had like great hair. Uh, I don't know. If it, the <laughs> listeners totally don't know I'm bald now. Sad days, but uh, but I had cool hair and like sweet sweaters that I'd wear and like button up shirts from like Abercrombie and, and American Eagle. And I went to work there, getting paid like seven bucks an hour, and was just folding shirts all day. It was just, it was just miserable. I remember when I was that age, and for whatever reason, I don't remember what it was, but I applied at the Gap. And I didn't get the job, and I was bummed because I didn't get the job at the time. 
And then yeah, that was a blessing, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Oh man. American Eagle, Gap, Abercrombie and Fitch. I mean, it, millennials that are listening to the show have no clue what we're talking about right now, but this, this was a really big thing. They're like, wait, what? There's stores other than Amazon? What do you mean? Yeah, right. Amazon delivered to your door. I got to say, I don't think I, – I think I purchased about maybe 10% of all uh, holiday presents this year outside of Amazon. Wow, I feel, so 90% on Amazon? I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. That's, that's incredible. I mean, I personally just did envelopes with things like – I, I gave my wife a trip for Christmas because I waited till like two days prior and I had to come up with something clever and creative. So, well, that'll Ooh. get the job done. Oh, it did. It got the job done just fine. <laughs> but, it's costly, but it definitely gets the job done. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, good stuff there. All right. Uh, Dynasty, what kind of draft pick can I get for AJ Green and um, another one for Alshon Jeffrey? Um, as in trading AJ Green, what kind of pick can you get? Um, yeah, yeah, rookie an, value. And it's an early first. You, I mean, the one hundred two, like one hundred two, one hundred three. I keep saying the one hundred two, but I mean, there's such a jump between Barkley and the other picks in the first round, um, or at least there is right now, value wise. That you're probably in that the early first range. But I'm not sure I would move AJ Green for that. You're not going to. I mean, James Washington is could be the next AJ Green, um, but I, you know, I, I'm just I'm not convinced that AJ Green. Um, is not you know that I'm well, I'm not convinced that anybody that's coming in this rookie class is going to to even come close to holding a candle what AJ Green's done and will do for the rest of his career. Um, Alshon probably I mean after the dud he put up um, he's probably much more like a mid a mid to late first probably like the 107 comes to mind for Alshon as far as valuation goes. Um, I'm not sure I would give away either for those picks though. Yeah, I'm I'm with you here as well. Alshon's difficult because it unfortunately you got to deal with a lot of week to week stuff with Alshon, right? If he's going to have a bad matchup, he seems to disappear a little bit more. And just the system in general in Philadelphia, they 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 spread it around more. It's it's highly efficient, so you know they they're not just gunning for Alshon as a wide receiver one every single play. So I I could see Alshon for the one seven, uh, but you know I I need a little bit. I'd need something to push me over the fence. All right. Yeah, and, and I think and I think it's fair. Like everybody has short term memory in Dynasty, and the short term memory is that Alshon wasn't that good to wrap the season. But just remember that Wentz wasn't there, and with Wentz, he was in, he was incredible. Yep. Yep. All right, uh, movie within a movie time. Take movie one's cast of characters, pick them up, and move them into a completely different movie's plot. What is the new movie, and how does it play out? Okay, so this is just a question you ask every week. Is that is that what I'm to gather? Oh yeah, this this it's like a um, I don't want to say a show staple, but a show staple. Okay, it's a show staple. Uh, all right, well, <laughs> I, since I can't think of it, and I already used up one of my, one of mine uh, in the in the pregame show, um, I'm gonna go ahead and take Elf and move him into Die Hard. Um, he's gonna be the politest. Uh, he's gonna be the politest. Yippee Kaye. Um, I don't know. Uh, Cotton headed ninny muggins is what it'll be. I'm just, I'm still trying to picture this one in my head, and it works, right? Because <laughs> I could 100% like Will Ferrell could just pull it off. You know he can oh, pull totally. it off. Oh, totally. Like it's gonna be like, uh, geez, the glass scene. Like, is it eggshells that he's walking across? Oh yeah, it's it's probably it's probably holiday ornaments. Is probably what that is. That actually <laughs> brings me to Home Alone. Oh, there one. you go. Stepping on the Home Alone ornaments. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, 
that's what I've got. And they, yeah, there's there's some. By the way, Die Hard's got some weird '80s scenes in it. You know, just like uh, I think smoking cigarettes and drinking while pregnant comes to mind. <laughs> Yeah, that and uh, oh, and, and just of, of the stereotypes in Die Hard too. I mean, oh, yeah. Carl from Family Matters just sitting there eating a donut in the car, not paying attention on the job. Yep, that, that was is. his name, right? Carl from Family Matters. Yes, I believe. I, I don't know what the name in the movie was. I might have been Carl. Carl comes to mind, but that's probably just because I watch Family Matters. That's a, that's another show that half the audience I already lost. Yep, they're like uh, it, yeah, Urkel, Urkel guys. If you don't, if you don't know what that is, the, the Steve Urkel, did I do that guy? What was that day? Jaheel White, right? Jaheel yeah. White, you got it. Wow, got any cheese? <laughs> yeah, and, that, and then that dude's like a perfectly respectable looking, good looking dude, and he managed to pull off like the most hideous abomination of a nerd ever on that show. Yeah, right, they never pull off of this for the listeners' sake. <laughs> they're they're never what we think they are. Like Dustin Diamond's another one from back in the day, right? Like. Would you ever consider <laughs> Screech to be what he actually was in real life? Um, I mean, well, how about how about like Bob Saget from uh, from, <laughs> yes. uh, from Full House? Like, if <laughs> you've ever seen Bob Saget stand up, he like jokes about getting with Kimmy Gibbler. Actually, I think he did get with Kimmy Gibbler. Is actually what I think happened. That dude was a sailor on the set. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, I I did not expect to hear f bombs every other word when I saw Bob Saget stand up comedy. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and that's what it was. And then he went out to the bar at our college afterwards and just got just shit-ripping drunk. <laughs> oh, I digress. I digress. Uh, we've talked about Barkley already on the show. Uh, if Barkley was included in the startup draft, where would he be drafted today? Today, probably late first. Um, Kamara's going like uh, I saw in the most recent ADP, like like 111. He's probably like right there. Um, but there's always that jump. Um I mean, I'm just trying to think historically Zeke at, at around this time was going second round overall, I think, startup. That's that's probably actually where Barkley ends up is at this point, and then the hype's going to build, and eventually he's going to creep into that first round probably. So right now he's probably a second round pick, but I don't know. The, the, the picks being given away for the 101 right now are literally ludicrous. I've seen some just outrageous trades. Yeah, it's, some of it I get, though. Like like Zeke, I'd imagine Zeke is a top five overall pick right now, right? I haven't been up on the yeah. ADP. Oh, yeah, he's right there. All, all of those, yeah, all those running backs, the David Johnson levy on him, is basically just pick your poison of which one you like the most. Yeah, it, it, I mean, if, if you take Barkley there in a startup, I'm not going to say, oh, what'd you do that for? Because, you know, damn well he's going to get the volume that Elise Leonard Fournette or Zeke got, and he's going to be there next year anyway. So it's but, like... I mean, it's also, you, you can say that, but, I mean, he's... If he is, it all depends on where he's drafted. Is I, I mean, if he's Very drafted true. six overall, sure. If he falls to twenty overall, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, if he goes, we'll see. If he maybe that I would like to think that's just the league getting smarter, but we know that that's not the case by now. Nope. <laughs> yeah, no, good point. Good point. Uh, if you could go anywhere, past, present, future, where or when would you go? Um, I'd probably go back, kill Hitler. Is that just a traditional answer to this one? No, um, you, 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 like surprisingly, it's not. It, it doesn't come up as, as much as it probably should. I mean, I'm not even Jewish, but it seems like it would be pretty good for humanity to take that character out. Yeah, just don't even – like, go back to where you don't even have to take him out. Like, go back to the point of inception and just don't let that night happen. Yeah, just just bang Hitler's mom instead and then, you know – Make it all good. Use protection or something. <laughs> I wasn't going to go that far. I was going to say, like, you know, who, you know, those two people just like, you know, 
buy one of them a plane ticket to 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 Fiji for that night, and they 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 never had the chance to hook up. <laughs> oh, I guess Fiji was there in like the twenties when uh twenties or ten. I don't even know. I guess nineteen hundreds is when Hitler was born. So. <laughs> But I mean, if you want to go and do it that route, I mean, all, all the power to you. I mean, yeah. what, what, what what is what is what is your best answer to this one? You know, I oh geez, it uh, I I haven't actually thought about this one. I would probably, I mean, this is just like dorky of me. Like I I want to somehow go back to I don't know maybe New York in the eighties, like when you know right around the time where just like everything is turning over to hip hop. Um, fashion is at its highest there's a ton of good classic uh i don't want to say classic but just 80s music that's coming up the scene right now like you know some of the best playlists that you listen to on a friday night are literally from 1984 right now so you know i think that that scene if i could just be at an age you know i I was born in 82 so i still appreciate a lot of that music um but being there maybe you know and i know it's boring right it's more uh, I don't want to say retro, but more, yeah, it got nothing to do with history, got nothing to do with significance. <laughs> say, yeah. yeah. You just want to, you just want to go back and listen to eighties music in real time. I just I'm, want to go I'm and have a good I time. Kill Hitler. I mean, my God, <laughs> my God, this is, <laughs> I, just, I just want to go and have a good time. You know, that's all. I'm a pretty simple guy. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I I would be, I, I'm gonna have to go listen to old episodes and just listen to what what the answer that people gave for that is like I want to be an Egyptian back in the early in the early uh, Meso, Mesopotamia era. Yeah, we've gotten something similar to that. Somebody wants to go and experience the the Mayan culture. You know, that's a pretty cool one. Wow. Okay, that's bold. Definitely more important than anything I would come up with. You know. Yeah. <sighs> I, I, that's awesome <laughs> uh we'll just move on from there i don't have any uh, uh i don't have enough hardcores in my home network to sustain a dynasty league i've swung and missed on a few good leagues or what's i thought would be good leagues on message boards but did not turn out to be good leagues so how do i get involved in a league that i know will sustain or be competitive it's an interesting question but pretty common these days yeah i mean this is really tough um and I actually went out and kind of made a point to create a couple of these leagues that for just people who didn't really have other places for dynasty leagues. So I created a couple Twitter leagues, um, kind of under the guise of this. I also created a live Denver live draft league that, uh, cause I wanted to do a live draft every year in a dynasty format, um, which has just been incredible. We're going on our third year now. Um, it's been so fun, but I mean, it's, it's really, it's really, really tough. I would just say stay tuned to Twitter, but, um, it's tough to find a well-managed league because if you don't know the commissioner and if he's not necessarily a reputable guy and, and somebody's just saying, you know, just retweeting his tweet asking for owners, uh, you don't really know what you're getting into. So, um, I, I mean, you can try message boards. Uh, that seems like a pretty solid place, standard answer, message board and Twitter. Um, or keep your eyes open for, I'm going to be filling a couple vacancies during this off season, but we're talking like three or four vacancies in all of my leagues. So, um, if there, if that's something that's, that interests you, maybe reach out to me via DMS and maybe I can find a spot for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's as a general listener, it's real, real tough to find a dynasty league, um, that you're comfortable with if you don't have buddies. And I totally get it. I tried to make a league with my friends in real life and it folded after one year because everybody was like, this is dumb. <laughs> Wait a minute. These rookies aren't ever going to amount to anything. You want me well, to go and, draft I mean, them all? 
Yeah, I mean, I had one buddy just draft like every old running back, Drew, Drew Brees, and like it was it was completely ridiculous. He just went full redraft and uh, ignored rookies altogether. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, that he he didn't last too long. But I mean, yeah, that's that's that is an unfortunate reality of dynasty. While it's still growing in popularity, is it's just not everywhere yet. Yeah, there you go. I mean, hit up Dynasty Trades here, get in his DMs. Um, you know, talk to a couple of the industry guides. A lot of them, you know, the, the, you know, there's the uh, uh, the Ryan McDowell typically has an opening in one of his tw- two thousand leagues that he yes. commissions. Um, there'll be an opening there, and I mean, you can always go over to a good site. I mean, uh, FFPC sponsor of this very show. They run Dynasty leagues over there. You can get in for leagues that aren't high high stakes. Something in the 100 to 200 dollar range you can get into a dynasty league there um you know apex dynasty has some good ones um apex fantasy i should say i think they also do some dynasty so you know you you might have to pay a little bit more of a, a rake but you also to that point you don't have to deal with getting into a league that you know or don't know if it's going to be run correctly you don't have to worry about a lot of that headache oftentimes that's the pro move is to simply go to a reputable site that you know that's been doing it for a while and uh, just go and enjoy yourself and not have to worry about a lot of the headache that way as well. Yeah, and I mean, the the big thing that you got to watch for going into a league is just making sure it doesn't fold, um, is not having a scummy commission, then making sure that there's the means to fill the inevitable open spots in the league in the years to come. Good stuff. All right, last but not least here, Eric, your bold prediction for Wild Card Weekend. Bold prediction for Wild Card Weekend. Um... I'm just going to go contrarian to you, Jeremy. The Bills win against the Jags. How's that? Oh, gosh. I knew you were going to go there, too. <laughs> I, 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 I actually coming. don't believe that. But there, there, there's a bold <laughs> prediction. I, I think this does go very chalk is what I think happens. Yeah, you, you know that's the upset that everyone's going to pick, too, right? It has to be. Right? <laughs> is it? I mean, I don't, know. I don't know. I feel like you could pick the the, the Falcons to, take, to uproot the Rams. Uh, yeah. Panthers always have the Saints number. I mean, uh it's I don't know. I Those feel are like just it. two teams on different wavelengths. All right, here's a crazy one. What about Tennessee and Kansas City? No way, right? Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City can melt down with the best of them, and then you know, and then Andy Reid gets like a fly in his in his coke or something, and he uh, he's like, <laughs> oh wow, oh god, I I better sit Kareem Hunt the rest of the game and put in uh put in uh Trakandrick West here. Uh, that that's that's happened before, and they've blown games doing that. So never <laughs> yeah. never doubt the ability for Andy Reid to do something stupid. This is something else that a lot of the younger cats out there listening aren't going to know about. But Police Academy, the the series Police Academy, right? Yeah. The the dude that directs traffic or airplanes, right? And he's always like. He's, he's got the lights in his hand and there's a, there's a mosquito that keeps bugging him. He's like waving traffic into different accidents that are going on. I feel like you just made me think of that when you were talking about Andy <laughs> Reid and the fly in his coke. Like he sends, yeah, he, gets, he gets, he just gets confused. He's easily startled. You got to watch out for Andy Reid. <laughs> Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a of this podcast. And yes, we are dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. You can submit any questions you have via email, rotavisradio at gmail.com, or on Twitter, use the hashtag RVMailbag. Eric, man, many thanks for carving out the time coming on the show. Any last-minute plugs? No, I mean, thanks so much for having me on there. It was a ton of fun. I, I absolutely love the format of random questions in the middle of real 
hard hitting uh, fantasy questions. So that's that's awesome. Um, the only thing I'd like to plug is just our podcast, the Dynasty Tradecast. We mentioned it already. We're going to be going all off season. Nathan Powell, Dan Sandy, and myself do the show. Um, have some great guests on there, talk some great dynasty stuff. So if you do have dynasty questions or are interested in dynasty or just want a football fix during the off season, it's a great way uh, to do things. We do a ton of fun games in the off season, play dynasty shark tank, uh, dynasty card sharks. We basically take game shows and turn them into dynasty bits on our podcast. So um, yeah, that's, that's great. So, and then also make sure you follow me on Twitter at dynasty trades. There it is. One of my favorite listens every single week on the Dino Tradecast and uh, just a good down-to-earth dude right here, Eric Burslaff at Dynasty Trades. And uh, also, please don't forget to rate and review this show on iTunes. It means a lot. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Mailbag, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, hello. All right, movie with well, because it's a movie within a movie within a movie, and then you're on snowmobiles and you have machine guns, and there's a whole thing happening. Would you, would you have anything. Bruce Wayne and Elf, or would you have Will Ferrell in in Die Hard? Got to have Bruce Wayne and Elf. Oh, I was more thinking I would have Will Ferrell in Die Hard. I like call him the bad guys, <laughs> the cotton-headed mini-muggins. Is kind of what I was thinking. Like so, so what would he do with Yippie Kaye, motherfucker? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. He'd probably be like uh, syrup and strawberries. Is probably what he would say <laughs> to them. All right, bye bye. See you soon. Syrup and strawberries, motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, he's obviously not saying motherfucker. Come on. <laughs> oh my gosh, I haven't done an outtakes in like five weeks. I might have to do one now. Oh jeez. <laughs> We don't do any cursing, so it'll be really against my nature to bust out the cursing on ours. We keep it we keep it G rated for the show, or actually <laughs> much more PG rated. But yeah, yeah, exactly. P, I don't know. You got Nate on there. I'd say PG thirteen. Yeah. No, I mean that's true. He's cert- but I mean he's certainly not having that much sex. So it's uh, I guess it is PG thirteen because there's not much of that in there. Well, he is thirteen. Oh, that's a valid point. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a wrap. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.